Good morning, everyone, and welcome to worship with Paisley St George's on this, the first Sunday of Lent. If you're visiting with us or new to the area, welcome, and, then, and we hope that you'll be able to join with us for a cup of tea or coffee after worship. And we're on a steep learning curve just now with the Bible coming in and the introit and things. We've been trying to get things just a wee bit different, so please bear with us. But no matter what, we come to praise the Father for his goodness, to thank Jesus for his open hands of love, and to seek the Holy Spirit's blessing. Come, therefore, and worship God. We worship God by standing, if able to sing, hymn 458, at the name of Jesus. Hymn 458, and remember we continue to wear our masks to sing. <laughs> in prayer. Let's pray. Lord God, we have gathered here this morning because you love us. Some of us might be here because our folks said we had to come, but we have gathered to worship you and to listen to you. May we hear you speaking in the words of the Bible and in the time we spend in church and in Sunday school. 
may we hear you speaking in the words of our friends and family. As we gather here, Lord, we know that we can share our worries and our concerns with you, for you love and care for everyone. Jesus, when you lived on earth, you showed us how to treat others, and yet we forget. And so forgive us, Lord Jesus, when we attempted to do things our way instead of yours. Help us to be strong and to trust you. Hear us now as we pray together in the words you taught your friends, praying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Hi Haley. hi Ben. Did you have anything special to eat on Tuesday? Pancakes, oh wow. I didn't have, but never mind. Why did you have pancakes? It's Pancake Tuesday. And do you know why we make pancakes on Pancake Tuesday? It goes back a long, long way when people very often gave up things for Lent. And Pancake Tuesday is the day before Lent starts and they would use up all the eggs and milk and rich things that they've got in the kitchen so that they're not tempted to use them during Lent. So Lent started on Wednesday and sometimes people choose to give things up. Now I've got something in my bag that I thought all of us could give up during Lent. Chocolate I hear, mm, we'll see. We'll see. And I'll need to go back and forward. Have a look and see what's in the bag while I go back to get something else. Oh, is Haley taking them all? <laughs> okay, what does it say on them? What does it say? Can you read it? It's a big word and it's a long word. Alleluia. You can't really sound it out. I know it's not a good word to sound with phonics, no. So they all say the same. They're in different print, but they all say Alleluia. And I thought that we would give up singing Alleluia's during Lent, and I think I caused Alan a bit of grief on Thursday night, <laughs> but never mind. So I thought that, and I don't know, maybe, do you remember what we did with the Alleluia's two years ago? We packed them up in a box. So what I thought was, if you like to put those in the box, and then we can wrap the box up. Are you good at wrapping parcels? Yeah, right, okay. And we just put them all in. Are you? Okay. And there's the paper. The lid's there. On you go. You can wrap it up. And we're going to keep this box in the church until Easter Sunday. And I hope that some of the young folk will be here so we can open the box on Easter Sunday and we'll be able to sing all the alleluias again. Now, I get a bit forgetful and I don't always notice, 
when I'm going through the hymns for a Sunday, if there's a wee hallelujah hidden away. So, Alan and choir, can you help? And say, if on a Sunday, would you come to an hallelujah? We'll just all not sing it. <laughs> That's the way round it. Why don't you... Is it too long? Right, let's do it this way. We... A wee hand. A wee hand be good. Right. Okay, you can do the corner bits. Why don't we put some tape on that bit? There we go. Right. Oh. Have you got some tape to go on it, Ben? What your sister's telling you what to do? Just so long as it sticks it down, that's all that matters, isn't it, Ben? That's it. Right. They're making a really good job of parceling this up. Because that's really good, because we don't want these hallelujahs to escape between now and Easter. We want them to stay in there, don't we? So where do you think I should put this? Do you think I should put it on the table? No, where do you think I should put it where everybody can see it? It needs to go somewhere where we can all see it. Mm. Well, we'll put it beside Alan on top of the keyboard. Because then it'll remind, it'll remind Alan and me that we've not to sing hallelujahs. <laughs> where do you think? I'll tell you what, I'll put it on the table just now and if you think of somewhere better where we can all see it in the church, you can tell me later. Okay, because I'll be here next Sunday anyway because it's not going anywhere. Thank you very much for wrapping that up. Mm. I'm getting all caught up in my cassock. There we go. So we're going to sing now. We're going to sing from St George's Praise. We're going to sing from it number 33. Be bold, be strong and we'll sing it through twice. And I want to see lots of actions.
We come now to the intimations, which are mainly in the order of service, but can I just go through and remind you of one, of one or two of those? One of the things that I have found absolutely wonderful during lockdown is the fact that St George's, the former Stowbray and the former Glenburn had got virtually everybody's phone number. It has meant that I could phone people when I couldn't go and visit, and I so much appreciate that. But could I gently remind you that if you change your address, your phone number or your email, could you please let us know so that we can keep these records up to date, so that we can keep in touch with you. The Guild meets tomorrow evening at 7.30 in the large hall. There is a change to the speaker. At very short notice, the Guild are delighted that one of our deputy session clerks, Muriel Smith, has stepped in to speak tomorrow night. So thank you for that, Muriel, on behalf of the Guild. And as always, everyone is welcome at the Guild. Men's breakfast, Saturday, 12th of March at 9.30. All men are welcome. You're asked to contact Stuart Duncan and his phone number's there, uh, or speak to Kenny after the service. Advance notice for ladies, a ladies' breakfast on Saturday the 9th of April with tickets on sale soon, with a menu available soon. Mm, okay. The litter pick, the Langcraig's Primary School has asked if we could send volunteers this year to help on Monday the 21st of March. If you're able to help or want more information, please speak to Jackie. Jackie, I don't know if you'd like to stand up, just so everybody can see Jackie. Speak to Jackie for after worship. Elders, could you note please that your communion invitations and newsletters are in the session house. If you could collect those and deliver them as soon as possible, please. Communion is on Sunday the 20th of March. The Kirk session is called to meet next Sunday, the 6th of March at the close, sorry, beg your pardon. It's called to meet next Sunday, the 13th of March at the close of worship in the church. Okay. Um, there will be a collection for the deck appeal for Ukraine this Sunday, sorry, on the following two Sundays. I think I need to put my brain in gear this morning. So that is on the following two Sundays, the 13th and the 20th. Everyone who's involved in Weddings' Easter Code, Muriel has asked if you could please meet in the south transept immediately after worship. And finally, Lent Bible Studies, we start those this Tuesday. And they will be sometimes in the Outreach Centre, sometimes in the Cossie Side Building. But the dates and the places are in the printed order. They will all take place at 7pm and if you'd like a copy of the Lent Bible Studies in advance, if you drop me an email and my email address is there, I'll send that out to you. And I think these are all the intimations. I don't think I've missed anything. So we turn now to our scripture readings and our scripture this morning will be read for us by Liz Many. Oh, sorry, Liz, I beg your pardon, that's fine. Okay. Then I will read the scriptures. So it's Romans chapter 10, reading from verse 8b to 13. So Romans chapter 8, 
sorry, chapter 10, reading from verse 8b to 13. So let's listen for God's word. God's message is near you, on your lips and in your heart. That is the message of faith that we preach. If you confess that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from death, you will be saved. For it is by our faith that we are put right with God. It is by our confession that we are saved. The scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. This includes everyone, because there is no difference between Jews and Gentiles. God is the same Lord of all and richly blesses all who call to him. As the scripture says, everyone who calls out to the Lord for help will be saved. And turning to the gospel, we read from Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 4, reading from verses 1 to 13. Jesus returned from the Jordan, full of the Holy Spirit, and was led by the Spirit into the desert, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. In all that time, he ate nothing, so that he was hungry when it was over. The devil said to him, If you are God's son, order this stone to turn into bread. But Jesus answered, The scripture says, Human beings cannot live on bread alone. Then the devil took him up and showed him in a second all the kingdoms of the world. I will give you all this power and all this wealth, the devil told him. It has all been handed over to me and I can give it to anyone I choose. All this will be yours then if you worship me. Jesus answered, the scripture says, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and set him on the highest point of the temple and said to him, if you are God's son, throw yourself down from here. For the scripture says, God will order his angels to take good care of you. It also says they will hold you up with their hands so that not even your feet will be hurt on the stones. But Jesus answered, the scripture says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil finished tempting Jesus in every way, he left him for a while. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We continue in our worship by singing hymn number 338, Jesus Tempted in the Desert, hymn number 338.
It's not quite a fortnight since Russia invaded the Ukraine. And we watch in horror at the scenes unfolding. It is hard to comprehend what is happening. And yet, through television, we see it with our own eyes as it happens. We cannot predict what will happen. We feel helpless. We're anxious. We're afraid. On Radio 4's Thoughts for the Day, on the Thursday that Russia invaded Ukraine, the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, reminded people not to give in to the fear provoked by uncertainty, but instead remember that the only certainty is that we know God does not change. Let us find our resolution, he said, our peace, our certainty, not by screwing up our courage, but in the knowledge of the eternal arms that hold us. Or if you prefer, in the words of the title song of Lauren Daigle's album, Look Up Child, when she asks where God is, when the darkness seems to be winning and the world is crumbling. Look up, child, look to the Lord. God is not threatened by war, not shaken by the storm, in control, even in our suffering, even when it can't be seen. So, look up, child. For we are all children of God. So let us look up. Let us remember the certainty of God's love. And today on the first Sunday in Lent, we'll take a moment or two to reflect on the temptations placed in Jesus' way when he spent the 40 days and nights in the wilderness. The time when he's tested and tempted by the devil in the passage from Luke, which I read a moment or two ago. Though hungry from his 40-day fast, Jesus will not abuse God's power to satisfy his immediate needs, not even as the devil taunts him. Instead, he looks up, child of the Father, son of God, to God's bigger picture beyond that moment and to his word. For Jesus quoted scripture in reply to the devil. Because one does not live by bread alone. Yes, our bodies need nourishment, but not at the cost of our souls. And there in the wilderness, when offered earthly power, Jesus does not seize it. As some might now wish to grasp for power to retaliate in the current crisis. Instead, he looks up to God again. Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. And today we've gathered to worship God. And as we gather, we seek to serve him in this troubled world. And then the final temptation, Jesus is tempted to throw himself down from the temple tower to prove God's promise to save. But once again, Jesus quotes scripture, do not put the Lord your God to the test. But yes, God promises us refuge. And in the psalm for today, Psalm 91, he promises us refuge. And we're going to sing a hymn version of that when we sing hymn 55 after this talk. But God's name is not to be used like a magic spell to whisk away our troubles. God didn't say that life would be easy. 
but he said he would be with us. And in this morning's letter to the Romans, Paul reminds us of that, for he says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Or as Psalm 91 puts it, when they call to me, I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble and show them my salvation. God will save, no doubt about that. God will triumph, no doubt about that. But it is not for us to assume when or how that will be accomplished. For he says, I will be with you in times of trouble. So, just now, we open our hands, our mouths and our eyes to humble ourselves, to confess God's glory and to confess our own weaknesses and to pray for that salvation to be granted to us, to Ukraine and to the world. In a way, I suppose the devil tempted Jesus with power. He tempted Jesus to use his powers, not in the right way. People today are tempted to use power and not in the right way. So let's think about power and how we use it. For it really does take some thinking about. Jesus took 40 days in the wilderness to do this. And many of us have probably felt the power, the pain of feeling powerless. You know that situation, somebody's ill and there's nothing you can do. And that's a serious problem. And I suspect that for most of us just now, we feel really powerless as we watch and listen to the news from Ukraine. For there is so little that we can individually do to change things. But there are things we can do. We can pray. We can pray for the people of Ukraine and we can pray for world leaders. We can dig deep into our pockets and give to charities Charities which will support refugees as they flee and charities which will support people who have chosen to stay or who haven't been able to leave. And as I said, over the next two Sundays, there will be the opportunity to donate to the Disasters Emergency Committee for Ukraine. And as we watch this situation unfolding on television and we listen to the rhetoric of politicians, we see power being used for good and for evil. And we see individuals being caught up in decisions made by leaders. For what we do or what people do with power, what we do with power, the power we have is a serious issue. Power can harm, power can heal. Power can lift someone up or power can put them down. As individuals, we need to think how we use the power we have, as well as praying for our governments around the world to use power wisely for the benefit of people. And Jesus, well, Jesus made far-reaching decisions in the wilderness. He chose not to go for the quick fix, not to use who he was to grasp at power. He said no to turning the stones into bread. No to worshipping the evil one in return for power and wealth. So he said no to bribery. He said no to the eye-catching rescue by the angels. No to sensationalism. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. And all of these, these were important no's leading to the fullness of his yes. 
his yes to serve God. In the temptation, the accuser attempts to derail Jesus' mission by sowing doubt about his identity. But he says, if you are the son of God. And he tempts Jesus as to how he should show that he is the son of God. But Jesus' identity lies not in miracles, power or celebrity, but in his service. For Jesus came to serve. Jesus came to serve with an open hand. He came to serve with an open hand, not a grasping fist, nor a clenched fist. Jesus came to serve with an open hand to reach out to all. And yes, the devil tempted Jesus to use his power. But Jesus rejected this way and he chose a different way. He chose the way of suffering and the cross. He didn't turn the stones into bread. He didn't bribe people to follow him. The accuser, the evil, the devil, call him or her, what you will, showed Jesus the well-trodden path to popularity, power and celebrity. And as we watch things on television, how often do we see that, people choosing popularity and celebrity? But Jesus, well, Jesus exposes the sham of that and he reveals God's way forward. Jesus, well, he won't bribe people with free meals, but he will show his compassion for the sick and the hungry as we see throughout his ministry, the ministry that begins when he leaves the desert, when he leaves his time in the wilderness, when he has received in his mind the confirmation of who he is and what he has to do. For Jesus doesn't compel faith by displays of power. Instead, he will demonstrate, he demonstrated his love for us by dying for us. He chose not to impress the crowds by bungee jumps from the temple roof, but lifted high upon the cross, he will draw everyone to himself. And with what he does and how he lived, and what he did on that cross for us, he reveals the bigger picture of God's commitment to us. For God loves us. God loves us all. As Paul put it in the letter to Romans, God is for everyone, Jew and Gentile. God is for everyone. God loves us. God loves us all. And God calls on us to love others. He calls on us to love others those nearby and those far away. And I wonder before this latest crisis, what did you know of Ukraine? Did you maybe have connections to its place, to the place or its people? But perhaps now, as we hear Ukrainian voices often speaking directly to us in our own language, we're realizing that they are indeed our neighbors. There was a photograph of the little girl who'd been shot dead that appeared on so many newspaper pages, wearing a unicorn dress. Just like so many little girls, we may know. Kharkiv, already heavily hit, is a centre for Ukrainian technology and industry. I didn't know that until I read it. More than 45,000 resident IT workers. Maybe you've got WhatsApp on your phone. I suspect a lot of us do. That app was co-founded by Ukrainians. And it's perhaps natural and human for us to be moved faster to compassion, 
for those with whom we feel some sort of connection. But as I said earlier, today's letter to the Romans reminds us that the same Lord is Lord of all. Our neighbours, our neighbours are here and there and everywhere. And yes, there has been so much, so many difficult scenes on television. And yet, I've been uplifted as I've watched the responses of countries bordering Ukraine as they deal with an influx of refugees from their governments. You know, their governments are welcoming folk, their emergency services are there, the trains and the buses are being provided to move people around. To the individuals, the B&B hosts who welcomed Ukrainians and gave them a bed and food free of charge. And the image of the family watching the news on a phone held open over an open Bible. Jesus said, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. Let us here in Scotland do whatever we can to feed the hungry and to provide refuge to the exile as refugees reach our shores. And let us too remember all who are caught up in conflict around this world, around the world that God created and that God entrusted to our care. The psalmist said, be still and know that I am God. So let's just take a moment to be still and to rest in God. Be still and know that I am God, your words, Lord. You are our Lord. And so, Lord God, God of all, we feel so helpless as we watch the suffering of others, men, women, and children. We feel distress as we see images of death and destruction. We feel helpless as we see people fleeing for their lives, fleeing their homes, separated from their loved ones. As individuals, we feel there is so little we can do as we hurt with and for our sisters and brothers. But Lord, we can pray and so hear the heartfelt cries of our souls in this silence. We can give, Lord, so help us to give generously. We can welcome, so help us to welcome refugees. Lord, as we've been thinking about power, we would ask that through the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would grant wisdom and compassion to world leaders as they seek ways forward, ways to prevent the destruction of people ways to support the displaced, ways to broker a meaningful peace. 
All this we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, himself a refugee and our Redeemer. Amen. Let's now trust in God as we worship him by singing hymn 55, which is based on today's psalm. Hymn 55, Safe in the Shadow of the Lord. sing the anthem, our offerings will be brought forward.
Thank you, choir, and thank you, Alan. Our prayers will now be led for us by Liz. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you in prayer at the start of the season of Lent and beg forgiveness for our sins, knowing or unknowing. Help us to be better Christians. We pray for our families, our friends, our nation, and especially at this most difficult time for the people of Ukraine. Give them courage, Lord. We pray for an end to this war, for we know it is the ordinary people who suffer the most, not the politicians who start it. We see in our televisions the innocent people fleeing across the borders, and we give thanks for the countries who are opening their borders to take them in. We give thanks for the charities around the world who are sending aid, medicines, food, clothes, and shelters. Lord, we pray for peace and an end to this war. Some of us watch the Paralympic Games and we see disabled men and women from across the world coming together to compete in friendly rivalry with one another. We admire their courage in the face of their disabilities and their determination to win. And even if they fail to win a medal, they are still winners just for having taken part. Father, we read in the Bible today of your Son, our Lord, being tempted in the desert. We pray especially for our young people, some just starting on life's great adventure. They will, some of them, be faced with temptation too, alcohol, drugs, and then crime to get the money to feed their temptation. Lord, help us to keep them safe so that they may grow up to a better world than we have left for them. Lord, as we approach Easter, I know the sacrifice your Son made for us. Help us to be better Christians, that our children may grow up to be proud of us and not condemn us for yet another war. Amen. Thank you, Liz. Before we close our, with our final hymn, I don't know whether you have noticed the flowers at the front of the church, the blue and the yellow, the colours of the Ukrainian flag. So we close this morning's service of worship by standing if able to sing from St George's Praise, number 58, an old but I think a well-loved hymn, Yield Not to Temptation, hymn 58. Thank you. 
world. Let us go to serve God by loving our neighbours. And the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and all those whom you love this day and always. Mm -hmm.